Welcome to the Volleypod, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball. With drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the Art of Coaching Volleyball, the Volleypod is your new source for coaching information. Good morning, and welcome to the Volleypod. How are you today, Todd? Great. Great, Davis. Good to see you again and good to be back with another episode. Absolutely. And we're going to kick it off with our skill portion, right? And what's the skill we got going on? I think it's, it's my turn for skills. Yep, and we're, we have one today that is near and dear to my heart. Okay. And that is footwork patterns for serve receive. Okay. And I'll start with the rationale. And I'm, uh, I, I think the pendulum kind of swings back and forth in, in how we, we teach passing. And right now, I think the pendulum for me has swung a little too far to this whole idea of platform angles. So I see a bunch of kids who are, you know, reaching outside their body uh, and creating to create angles. Uh, and I think the easiest angle is the angle when you're directly have your butt behind the ball. Okay. And so for me, I want that to be what we stress in the beginning. Uh, of course, uh, you know, players aren't going to be there all the time. But I think when we start, we have to say, hey, you got to try to get behind it and create the best angle possible. And for me, that's butt behind the ball. Okay. okay. Uh, no, a couple of other things along that line is with young players, ace prevention is the most important skill along with serving. Okay. And for me, I, I don't even call it passing. I call it ace prevention okay. because if we don't get ace, we're in the point, uh, you know, the, at the lower levels, whoever has the most aces normally wins. The best server goes back and has a run of, of seven points. That team wins. If the, their best server goes back and misses two serves, uh, that team probably loses. So my feeling is we have to, you know, get into ace prevention early and often. I love that. Uh, also, I think better balance equals better passing. Okay. And teaching balanced movement is important. And lastly, uh, we name our patterns so the kids know the names. And I'm a big, as an as a English te- former English teacher, retired English teacher, I'm a big fan of vocabulary. Yep. And can we make the teaching sticky by using vocabulary? So when we talk about the footwork patterns, the players know what we're talking about. Absolutely. I haven't, I haven't used that before and I'm totally going to, I like that idea a lot. Cool. Well, uh, we'll get started. Uh, the idea, and I mentioned it earlier is passers are best when the core is behind the ball. And, uh, we talked about Jim stone a little bit in the last episode and he had a great, uh, picture of a passer and he gave the passer rating depending on where the ball was. So when they're, uh, right at the midline, it was like a you know two one, and then over on the left, slightly on the left, on the left thigh, it was like one nine, okay. and then on the right thigh, it was like a one six. Okay. So, uh, hey, uh, behind the ball is better, okay. and so I want them behind the ball whenever possible. So as far as teaching it, uh, the key words for me, the first is posture. And for that posture, we want that forward lean, uh, comfortable, and we want the you know feet, uh, you know shoulder shoulder width, toes pointing forward. We don't want the toes out, kind of point, pointing forward, arms hanging. And uh, the big thing is the medium posture, not a low posture. 
I see a lot of players there. They're touching the floor and they think that getting low is better. And, and I always try to show them, hey, I want you. I don't want you low. I want you fast. I like that. Whatever like that posture you're the fastest. So that medium posture is the, it's the easiest posture, posture to shuffle. The, uh, the next one is what we call two-footed movement. And we call that shuffling, pushing off two feet. And we call it one, two, three movement, where there's a step in a direction and then a two-footed shuffle. So the player starts on two feet and ends on two feet. And with that step shuffle, can they push off both feet? So it's not a one-footed. And can their feet stay spread? I don't want their feet clicking together. I, want, I, I tell them, hey, pretend there's a ruler between your feet. So when you move, you're pushing off both feet. So you're staying balanced all the way through. In addition to that, I want them ice skating. I want them low to the ground. I don't want them shuffling up in the, in the air with their feet up like Clydesdales when they shuffle, right? right. With their knees moving. I want them skating Gliding. along yes. the ice. I like that. And can they be kind of hovering across the floor with that with that shuffle movement? So it's okay. it's super smooth. Okay. Uh, Very cool. And so the posture, two-footed movement, I think they can, you know, cover about six feet okay. with that one, two, three, just a okay. step shuffle, kind of a three-step. So it's a, a one, two, three. Okay. It's a step and a shuffle, about six feet each direction. Okay. And I think that they'll be able to get most any ball and serve receive in their area, except for the super deep balls. Okay. And for the deep ball, we talk about drop, step, and shuffle. Okay. And once again, they're pivoting out and making that drop step and then still just shuffling. Now they're shuffling back and taking that ball on one side of their body or the other. So they're, they're getting away from it. So it's if, if it's over their head, they have to choose a side. I like that. Um, and then at the end of that, we get into uh, when the bottom drops out of it sometimes. Mm. And so that second tempo serve that, that it's so popular now that is around the, you know, it looks like it's, it's low to the net. It looks like it's going to land at 20 feet and it lands at 13 feet. Yep. And we have to have players get under that ball. So we have a no step sprawl and then a one step sprawl. Uh, and that those are techniques we have to teach yeah and i've noticed that your kids are excellent at this and be, and it's because you teach it i think a lot of coaches expect that move to happen but it is a that's a difficult read right and b if you don't teach it they end up i don't know being in sort of weird postures and stuff like that so i like that yeah and i try to make a big deal about it yeah. so when that serve comes and if a kid goes into a sprawl and keeps it alive and doesn't get ace and maybe it's a it's a one pass it's not a very good pass they just saved us a point absolutely for me it's huge it's, yes. it's better than a three pass because they just saved a point so i make a huge deal about that trying to catch them doing things right i like that and the no step sprawl and the one step sprawl I like how you frame that too, great, because yep. they're different. You yep. have you have sometimes more time, sometimes less yep. time. So if you're if you're there in posture and you think the ball is coming right to you, and then the bottom drops out, you don't have time for a step. You just got to hey, you just got to drop and get your belly, you know, get your hands under it, get your belly on the ground, get under that thing. I like that. It's really cool. And then my, I have a new term. My last one is I stole this from Jim McLaughlin when I saw him at uh, ABCA this past year, and he talked about the idea of updating. And I don't think uh, I love this term because it gives me something specific to talk about because a lot of kids will, let's say they make their three-step shuffle 
and the ball isn't exactly where they think it's going to be. Then all of a sudden they start reaching out to the ball and being unbalanced. And what I want is I want a little two-step, a two-step hop okay. to put them in a better position to pass the ball without reaching and to stay balanced. And we call that updating, like uh, that. saying, can passers make a second move to adjust? They make their first move up slightly off, little update. I love that. Little update. I love that. Because so many times the ball, quote unquote, lies to you. Oh, right? well, no, you're not going to be, I mean, hey, it's, it's 50 feet away. You're, <laughs> exactly. you're not going to be perfect. Yes, exactly. You're not going to be perfect. And yeah, I just love that term. I'm going to use that more because I think that's awesome because the ball, you will need to update essentially, especially against those yep. good floaters. Yep. Yeah. Really cool. All right. So those are the words just to review. We have posture, two footed movement, the drop step and shuffle, the no step and one step sprawl, and then finally updating. And those are the actual patterns. And then we get into activities. Okay. Uh, we teach them. And we'll, we'll use yeah. warm up to teach them sometimes and say, hey, we got to practice our shuffles because, okay. you know, shuffling with your feet apart with a ruler between them, it's not natural. Right. right. Uh, and staying low to the ground and moving quickly and balanced isn't natural. And so we have to, we practice that. So we practice what we call those step shuffles in a bunch of different directions. We practice drop steps and we practice the sprawls. And we think, um, you know, beginning of practice is a nice time to do that. We might not do it right at the beginning of practice. We might come in and play or do something fun. Right. Uh, but then early in practice in our teaching phase, we want to teach those things. They're, they're cool. teachable skills. Absolutely. From there, we get into, uh, we mentioned this with your setting and that the idea of being in pairs. And we do a bunch of pairs things where they're practicing the footwork. And in the beginning, just doing what we call passers catch. So they're just shuffling and they're catching the ball, um, their arms hanging in perfect posture, moving uh, your partner left and right, and then backwards and forwards. Uh, and so we'll start with uh, what we call catch-catch, and then we'll go one way, that is one, one of the partners is catching and one is passing, and then finally we move to pass-pass. And we can practice all of the footwork there, the, the step shuffles. We can practice updating. Um, and when we practice updating, their platform is already out. Okay. So they're already out and we're saying, hey, you have to practice moving with your feet out. And that's the difference in updating. Yes. Because a lot of players move, put their platform out. And once they have platforms out, they don't know how to move anymore. Right. They just fall and lean and, and do a bunch of different stuff. And so updating is, hey, we're actually making little shuffles with their platform out. Uh, so all of those footwork patterns we can do in pairs. I love that. I love that. After pairs, we get over, we go over the net in what we call four corners. And four corners is just butterfly with no setters. Okay. Uh, so it's just, hey, uh, ball's going over the net. They're following the ball. So let's say if we start in right back and we have catchers in left back, uh, we make sure that the lines in left back go outside the court so the passers can move backwards and nobody, they're not going to get hurt and step on somebody. Uh, and so we'll go catching with that shuffle and we start off a throw and then off a serve. Um, one of the new things I'm doing now, I'm really trying to be deliberate in, instead of just saying, oh, well, serve to them. I'm saying, hey, you're trying to serve so the ball is in their bread basket. Okay. And can they control the tempo of their serve? And so now we're just making little shuffles. And then I'll say, now you're serving over their right shoulder. And we're working on the drop step move. So while we're working on the, the specific footwork, we're working on precision serving, target serving. I like that. 
once again, they're just catching on all this because there's no target. It's all just footwork. And can they catch? Uh, so balls aren't flying around the gym when you have young players. Pretty simple stuff. And I can pull players out of this. It's it's player directed and not coach directed. I like that. If I could add one thing to that too. One Again, going back to what we mentioned in a prior uh, pod, just the single item focus, right? If they're passing those, they may not be as attentive to their footwork, which is the focus of that. Right. And I'm big into balance. Hey, can you check your balance? Yes. And so they get to self-coach a little bit and all this. I like that. Uh, The next one uh, is a a rare time when we're, it's coach directed. Okay. And I'm bowling balls over to them and we do it in, in a, in three lines in what we call a freeze drill. Okay. And so this is the way it works. It's three lines out there and I'm just bowling one line, the next line, the next line, the person has to be frozen and we'll just start with catching. The person has to be frozen and balanced until the next person catches and That's then cool. they can unfreeze. If they don't, we switch groups. So we do this in a half and half group. Uh, so they got to call like it and they have to freeze. I like if that. they don't call it and they freeze, if we try to get a minute, can you get a minute with calling and freezing? each time. So uh, we'll start with catching once again, and they're shuffling and catching, and then we'll go to passing. Very cool. I like that one a lot. Yep. And then finally, we go to live serving. Once again, catching to begin. And we might say, hey, if you catch one balance, now you get to pass two. But you can't pass two until you catch one balance. Okay, really cool. And so trying to get them to, to earn reps by reinforcing the proper technique that we're looking for. I love that. Really, really cool. So a lot of great stuff in there. Um, I wanted to ask you real quick, if a player is not doing this in competition, what would you do? Obviously, you try to anchor it in practice prior. But let's say a player is reaching and they're struggling in service even it's gotten to competition period. What would you do? You know, uh, you know, I'm probably not giving as much feedback in competition skill wise as I must, as I once was, but if somebody's struggling, you know, in a timeout or when it stops, I might say, Hey, trust your training. You know, you, you know how to pass balance. Here we go. Just trust it and trying to keep it positive. Once again, that idea that, Hey, a good pass is right around the corner. Um, and good passing comes from balance. Okay. Uh, so trying to keep it pretty, pretty low key there. I like it. I want to get into a little troubleshooting. Okay. Uh, Perfect. And this is kind of about your, uh, your question. What happens when they're not, you know, when things are going badly. So, uh, for troubleshooting with, with that, uh, I work this first and can they pick up, uh, you know, clues and cues from the server? Um, how about server history? Is this server a server who, you know, blasted a ball 20 feet out of bounds? She's going to serve deep all the time. Is this a server that can barely hit the ball over the net is going to be short. Do we know from the history, uh, their toss location? What does their toss location tell us about the direction of the serve, uh, their step direction or their, if there's a jump float, the direction of their approach, uh, the timing on their jump. Are they coming down? Um, if they're early and, and coming down, they're not going to be as powerful. Right. And then trying to see the speed of the hand hitting the ball. And then another one I like is the sound. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, so too. if it sounds kind of wonky, then this might be a ball that's kind of floating in front of us. Right. I really like those. And you mentioned something that I think is so critical. And the idea of picking up time, 
I, and I really believe that you pick up more time by picking up those server cues than by being faster when the ball's in the air. Right. And you see the old, you know, old people who can get there and you go, how did, how did that old guy get, <laughs> get behind my best serve? <laughs> you know, oh, he's reading me. Right. So the other, uh, you know, the, the other troubleshooting stuff is two footed. So we'll say, hey, can you feel yourself when you're two footed and feel yourself when you're one footed? Uh, the idea of updating. Can you make that second move after your initial? And then the last one for me, which is a huge one, Davis, is this idea of hands down passing. Okay. And this gets a little bit away from the footwork, uh, but I, I see players as reaching up to way too many balls and I like the ball to come to them. I think you have the most control when your hands are, are down rather okay. than lifting up. Okay, very cool. I like that. Is the updating idea similar to the old idea of flow, where if the ball's getting outside your core, you would kind of take a little shuffle? Yeah, there? I don't mind them moving through the ball, right. uh, and they might have to update and keep going. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't say you know I'm I'm probably from, and a lot of coaches disagree with this, but I'm more of a posture guy okay. than a being stopped guy. Okay. I can see so that. I'll yeah. let them, hey, the ball's a little off to their left than they thought. They take a little shuffle and play it and keep moving. And actually, a little later, we'll talk about a video that talks about that very thing. I said, that's a great, great point. But really cool. I think we're done with the, the footwork and we, we got into it. Now, we, let's really cool. talk about today's scenario. What do you, what do you got for okay, us? Okay, so th the scenario for today is essentially how to deal with a very large team. Ooh. Right. And it's not easy. It's not easy. And I think it's becoming more of a trend to have larger and larger teams. It's a profit deal for those club teams. <laughs> a lot of times it is. <laughs> and, you know, in high school, I think it's a lot of times you just want as many players to be a part of the program as you can. Yep. You know, and here's the story. OK, and then we'll get into the what you know, how we can sort of work on this. When I first was coaching at a high school, many of the players were very similarly talented, not all that skilled. And so I took 18 players on my team. And literally, you can only carry 16 on the CIF roster. <laughs> but I took 18, and obviously it was a challenge, right? And however, it ended up working out great. And I think it's because of a couple of things. Um, first of all is you have to define their roles, obviously. And coaches talk about this all the time. But with 18 players, clearly – not everyone is in the mix for a ton of playing time. Okay. Right. So define. How do you do? Roles. How do you do that with kids that aren't playing as much? Well, that's a, such a great question, right? And so, I think a lot of times you can let them self sort, and by that I mean there's play. You, you, there's play where if you win, you move up, and you end up on the top court, and if you don't, you end up on the second or third court, and there's nothing wrong with that because you're competing to the best of your ability. But it also lets them see where they are without me placing them onto a team. I love that stuff. Those, I, I call them ladders. You can move up and you can move down. And so you create those ladders and that self-selection. That, oh, that's great. Yeah, so I like that. And then you can kind of say frame it in a sense like oh, if you're on the second and third court, you know, your job is to, you know, X and X. And I think a lot of times those roles are really underappreciated by them and by the parents. And we need to celebrate those roles those really are difference making roles in a championship program and those players should be encouraging they should be ready to play at a moment's notice um and they should be okay with short periods of time and contributing in smaller you know 
like maybe they don't get 15 point stretch. Now, is that something that you're doing preseason? Is it something that you have to revisit it a lot or how do you do it? Both. I, I would call it <laughs> preaching. <laughs> so at the beginning, I try to lay it out, but just laying it out at the beginning, we both know it is not enough, right? The players all want to play. And especially when you offer them at the beginning, hey, would you like to be on varsity and not play? Or JV and you'll play all the time. Most of the time, in my experience, they choose the varsity and not play. But then about a little, when, when it actually sets in that they're not actually going to play. The dog days. <laughs> the dog days. <laughs> that's when they're like, oh, this is kind of brutal. And so you got to revisit it, right? And um, But I really think it goes back again to making it exciting to be on the team, making those roles valued, um, and making it so that those people have a great experience. Yeah. And looking at that, the, the idea of having a big team because you're giving more people a chance to have this great experience when we talk about developing kids rather than saying, oh, we're going to be more efficient when we have 10 kids and we're going to get more reps and we're going to be really good. Well, hey, the, that group that has 18, maybe they won't get quite as good, but now eight more kids have this great experience. Absolutely. And then, and then they're spreading the, the, the word around campus, how fun it is. You know, it does bring forth challenges, like we mentioned. And one is obviously the practice environment, right? With 18, and, and sometimes we only had one court. So we would have 18 kids on one court, and that can be a challenge on getting people. How in. did you manage that? So there's lots of different ways to do it. But I mean, doghouse, like we mentioned, like if, if you're doing it right, you get to play more. If you're not, you play a little bit less. You'll still get your chance. But if you're doing it correctly and responding to the coaching, some doghouse stuff like that. I also think we don't always need to have a full team practice. I mean, you don't need all 18 in there all the time. Um, you could bring middles in for a half hour and setters, you know, split up the time a little bit. Some station work is great. And then, um, you know, just also the idea of do you have an assistant or not? Right. Yeah. You know, that, that can be tough. If you don't have an assistant with 18, it can be really hard if you're initiating Right. right. Yep. And so you train them to initiate. Yep. And um, some of the, the management skills. as far as the organization, I think it really teaches you to be a good coach. You have to because be. you can't yeah. dial and smile when you go in, when you have 18 on one court, you have to have things laid out. You said, hey, we're having you know, we talked last time about having the wall as a station. And, hey, we have six kids on the wall. We have six kids with the assistant. We have six kids with me, three different stations for five minutes. And that's going to take 15 minutes of practice. And this is the specific goal we're trying to get in that five minutes in that station. Uh, so, you know, doing stuff like that is, uh, no, this is, this is, this is good stuff. I, I, my high school, you know, I, I stopped it at 14. I had 16 one year and I just, I felt like I just didn't do that great a job. Uh, but 14 for us works pretty well. I think 14 is good. And there are trade-offs, right? Like you're not going to get as many individual skill reps with 18, right? But you may get more play in than you would with a team of 10 or, you know, yep. And so there's trade-offs, you know, and I'm a big play guy. Like I yeah. really believe in a lot of play. And like you said, being organized with it is obviously really critical. So I'll tell you one more thing I'm sure. doing now. It's new for me is that I am actually, we're playing games that are uneven, kind of what basketball does. So basketball plays a lot of, you know, four on three to work on certain things. So we'll play six on eight if we have like a big that. group and we'll get extra blockers. So, so we cool. get an extra pin blocker. So those, a person on the left pin and right pin, all they do is 
they're like designated hitters in baseball. They're designated blockers. When the balls are from, they block. When it's not, they step off the court. I like and, that. And uh, we get everybody playing, and all of a sudden, the hitters are hitting against a bigger block. That's so cool. And the other one that is really similar is putting someone in the donut. You oh, know, oh, some, put someone extra, right in the yeah, donut. Extra defensive player. Yeah, right. I love that, it. That donut shot's not going to be open <laughs> yeah, yeah, anymore. You better hit it. Yeah. So I like that. So really cool. So, so yeah. So that's the uh, scenario. And um, we're going to get into some drills right now. Ah, the drills. Yeah, the drills come back to, uh, these are the AOC, the Art of Coaching site. We'll have these drills for you and unlock them. Uh, there's three of them. The first one is we talked about that balanced footwork and that kind of one, two, three uh, shuffle step. And it's actually, it's a shameless plug because I did that video with uh, one of my favorite players, Paris Winkler. Very I think cool. you know Paris uh, as well. Paris. So she's, Paris, she's awesome. Yeah. So that's the first one. The second one is you mentioned the idea of shuffling through. And it's a, it's a gemstone quick hitter. Okay. And it has one of his, has a libero on that 18, 18 and under junior national team okay. shuffling through. And so showing that kind of shuffle through footwork. Okay. And then the Very last cool. one is a friend of mine from the old days, uh, Christy Lynch from uh, Iowa State. And she is uh, teaching the drop step. Okay. So those are the three. Very cool. So all of those will be unlocked in the show notes. And so you can grab those and check it out. So that's going to be really All right. Cool. I think uh, we get to the end and now we have uh, what's the resource of the week? I think it's your turn. So the resource of the week is called, it's a book called The Volleyball Coaching Bible by Cecile Renaud and Don Shondell. And it's not actually written by them, although they have portions in it. It's actually sort of a collection of great coaches ideas on particular topics. So they'll have a chapter on practice planning by a particular great coach. So someone like Terry Laskevich or Mary Jo Pepler or uh, John Dunning's in there. All right. Yeah, we got some, got some of the old school there. I like it. Got some of the old school (laughs) and they call it the volleyball coaching Bible because it touches on everything from practice planning to match management, to roles, to fitness, to to, I mean, everything. And it's it's just, I think, a great staple resource for everyone to have. It's on my bookshelf. I want to go revisit it now. I haven't opened it up in some years. So I got to go. I got to go check it out again. Very cool. So, I mean, we hit a lot today. So the skill was to receive uh, footwork, right? And we got a lot done with that. And then we got the scenario in with talking about the big teams. We got some drills for you guys and we got the resources. So such a great good davis fun again to get together and talk some volley with you it's 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 fun stuff absolutely so yeah feel sure to feel free to check us out on the volley pod and we'll see you soon bye-bye